This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good Thursday morning. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I am Christy Landwehr, right currently from Lexington, Kentucky. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for October 26th, episode 1805. This episode is brought to you by the Certified Horsemanship Association. Good morning. Good morning, Horse World. We are live from the Certified Horsemanship Association Annual Conference, the 50th anniversary. Uh, And we are here in Lexington, Kentucky. Thanks for bringing us up. We are, Glenn, and I'm so excited to have both you and Jen here live and in person. Yeah, we get to see you about every 10 years. This is good. Yeah, that's right. That's all right. That's all right. The hair changes, so things are good. It's not been 10 years. We saw you out when we went out to Colorado Colorado for vacation. Yes, we did when we were at the Wessa show. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it, it it's been fun. You're here every the last Thursday or the third Thursday of every month. What are you yes, here? Yes, the third Tuesday third, third of every month. It's Tuesday just weird of every month. Because yeah, Thursday. yeah, I that's know. right. We're switching it around. So we're it's switching it around today. Weekend. You have you all mixed up. I know. But we're here because it is a special occasion. It is the 50th anniversary of the Certified Horsemanship Association, and. That's a long time for any organization in the horse world in the United States. Yes, it is a long time. And every now and then people ask me, oh, did you found the organization? I go, do I look 50? <laughs> so I think I've been here for a little while, right? I go, I wasn't even bored then. But anyway, yes, it's been 50 years and it's wonderful. We had a uh, gentleman that actually began us, Dan Hempel, and it was back in uh, 1967. And he ran a Girl Scout operation down in um, New Mexico. And he was down there and he was like, you know what? I really need some good qualified staff to come. So he put an out in the local paper, want experienced horse people to come, wouldn't this be great, blah, blah, blah. The girls come and they're ready to be the counselors for the girls that are going to be much younger. And they can't put a halter on. It was oh, like dear. unicorn land, upside down, backwards, leading with a lead rope out of the forehead. Not good. And he went, wow. we got a problem, Houston. Oh, my gosh. So he created our very first composite manual of horsemanship, level one through four, to kind of do staff training for the camp industry. So we began our roots as Camp Horsemanship Association. And in the 1980s, realized about 40% of our members were still in camping. And 60% were disinstructors that were from everywhere, every background, every kind of thing going mm-hmm. on. So we changed our name, but kept our acronym. Isn't that yeah. interesting? That's how it began, staff training. What, was there a time? Uh, I, I'm looking at a timeline that you have on the wall over here. Was there it a, stretches the entire I length know, of the does, ballroom. It is a long way. <laughs> was there a time when it really started to take off? You know, I would say yes. I would say 60s and 70s, a little bit slower, you know, kind of just getting started. And our first guest that's going to be on can kind of talk about that because we're starting with the history today. Um, but, you know, it really... I'll. From my perspective, I think really the 80s was when stuff, stuff really hit because then people realized, wow, we are the Girl Scouts, the Boy Scouts, the YMCA and the Christian camps. But, oh, my gosh, we're also universities and colleges. We're also the Western and English programs. We're also the trail and dude ranch operators. So it really, I think, expanded then. And now, so through the 80s and into the 90s, and you really started getting into trainers and doing more of the, the instructor side of things. Um, 
that that started picking up then then in the 80s yes yeah, so the riding instructor side and you know we differentiate a lot in cha land between right. trainer and, and instructor. instructors yes yeah, so yeah. trainer trains the horse instructor sure. trains the person so we don't certify trainers and we often get questions about that we certify instructors who train the people on the school horses that most of us have and we also now are doing equine facility manager certification so your barn managers all your people that are running the operations everything from the um, person who's taking the horses in and out and turn out and feeding yeah. all the way to the full Blown, you have yeah. to know what an I nine and a W two is. Yeah, because those two jobs don't always overlap anymore. Very true. And in some of these big very different skill sets. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Yes. Some very people, interesting. Yes. And for and for people who do overlap, they have an operation where it's it's a one size fits all cook cook and bottle washer. It's nice because that one person can get an education, a really good quality education in yes. both aspects of that business. Because if you don't have one. You have to have both to be successful. I would agree. You can't have a fantastic instructor and no business manager. Right. It's going to fail. Yes. A great business manager, an instructor who isn't up to snuff, might take a little longer, but it's going to fail. Yes. No, it's very, very true. You have to have both. And kind of, you know, we talk often, and I think this is actually a misnomer, especially when it comes to our members, that quote unquote horse people don't have any business skills. And that's not true. I think of a lot of our certified instructors and a lot of people, they can do both. And I think that that's through education that yeah. we provide and those types of things. I think the that might come from they don't have business skills because a low percentage of them have been to um, college or business school. That could be. And they don't know where to look for the information. Right. It's, it's so not they that they come don't. to us. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. As the horse husband, I got to jump in here <laughs> because they also that. really don't care about the business side. They care about the horses. <laughs> well, they want to yeah, play with horses and yeah, they want to go ride. Probably. They really don't care. Yeah. Uh, that's, am I wrong? That's, no, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> but you know met. what? Today, more than ever, especially with social media and everything, and the competitive nature of the way things are because of social media, you have to care more about the business that side. That is true. You do. Yeah. If you don't have a web presence now, if you don't have an internet presence, your business is not going to flourish probably right. like it used to, especially right. with and, the younger generation. And um, you have to have more people skills. Uh, most successful horse businesses from the perspective of non-professional riders. You're training riders who will never be professionals. You're training riders who are going to be amateurs or they're going to be pleasure riders. The government entities and society as a whole take a much more critical look at us now sure. we have to cross our t's and dot our i's that's true so if you're not using good business practices you're liable to get tripped up by some completely innocent mistake and find yourself booted out yes that happens now at 30 years ago that didn't happen everybody you know you're out in the country nobody cared everybody well, Jen, was fine. 30 years ago nobody wore a seatbelt and they rode around in the back of the right truck. <laughs> right well when we, when we got First thing we saw when we got to Kentucky yeah, yesterday. Yeah, we, we saw that yesterday, actually. So. Yeah. Whole gang of kids riding down the interstate to big up truck in the back. I think that's actually legal in Kentucky, so it probably depends on where yeah. you are in the country. Speaking of Kentucky, it's appropriate that you're doing your 50th here in Lexington. Yes. Oh, this is so great. You know, this is the home of CHA. This is where we've been for, um, oh, a while now. And we love it here. And we love the fact that, you know, you're in horse country. I mean, who, who isn't a horse person doesn't like to come and see the green pastures and the white fences and all those kinds of fabulous things. And one the thing we talked about too is that this is an interactive hands-on kind of conference it's not just sitting in uh, meeting rooms all day so you're going to be at the kentucky horse park yes. for that part of it for the horsey park we are so on friday and saturday we'll be over at the horse park um and it's open to everybody you don't just have to be a cha member to come and we're actually having the horses provided this year by midway university which is a local college here in lexington and they're bringing over all the horses and people get to ride in the sessions so it's pretty cool 
Very cool. Yeah. Yes. Well, why don't you introduce our first guest? We have, Absolutely. by the way, coming up on today's show, we have an entire lineup of guests. Uh, I think we have about 10 of them. So we're going to be uh, talking about a lot of different aspects here today. And we're starting with Santa Rowling. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Santa before she gets on the mic here. She has been with CHA for a really long time. Mm-hmm. She's Longer been going, than you, Christy? Oh, a long time. Longer way than more years? conferences yeah. than me. <laughs> Thanks, Glad. <laughs> way more conferences than me. Way more of a, I mean, she's one of those members, you know, that's been around for a really long time. So we're thrilled to have her on the show today. Hello, Miss Santa. How are you? Hi, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. It's great to be in Lexington. It's great to be on Horses in the Morning. No, CHA, as Christy said, went back to the 1960s. I joined in the 1980s, and we were still Camp Horsemanship Association. We were bivouacked in a little house, actually the porch of a house in Michigan, and actually began to move. I watched, I've, I've lived through the fact that we moved to Texas, and we were in Tyler, Texas for a little while, and then we got to move to Lexington, Kentucky, which this is the home of horse, and it's great to be here. And we're along the way, we picked up Christy. Christy is the one who got us here. Santa, I appreciate that. But you know what I say? It takes a village. It takes a stable. It takes a barn. It's been everyone who's been a big part of this. They found her sure. begging along the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. so she needs a job. We'll we need to do, do something with the food. Yeah, that's right. Food. That's she, right. <laughs> when she came on board, that was kind of pretty much it. <laughs> She she was begging and we were begging and, you know, the marriage has been fabulous. But Camp Horsemanship Association was, it was camps. And our uh, packers came and we, our international conferences were in camps, YMCA camps and Girl Scout camps and sometimes some interesting challenges. Um, we were in Cloudland, Georgia one year. Uh, oh, gorgeous, all over the country and all over Canada as well. Many of us ventured for the first time to Canada to BC to enjoy a beautiful winter with a fresh salmon caught for dinner and out in the middle of nowhere you couldn't go anywhere. You had to stay there. So it's been fun and I've been able to see the the growth because having uh, landed in, in Houston, Texas, but originally from Chicago, I'm an English kid, right? In a Western world. And to be able to see that we got the universities on board and the regular English classes, people on board. Our original manual was written by some of the best equine people in the world. Yes, we're so lucky, Santa's. We have Susan Harris that did all those illustrations for us, and she also yes. has done the illustrations for the um, United States Pony for Club manual. For the Pony Manuals. Club manual. Yeah. yeah that's a name any fabulous. pony clubber knows. Absolutely. Because they've been, they've read every page of those manuals. Yes. Or we're supposed to. Yes, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and if you looked at all those manuals, looked at the names that were started this manual, it's amazing. Because we had people who didn't speak one horse, but spoke another horse, and they all came together and wrote one manual. Yes, and what do they say? You don't speak at the dinner table about politics, religion, bits or bidding. That's right. When you're in the horse world. Right. So it was pretty amazing that they were all able to get together and actually make that happen. Absolutely. Now, what, what kind of camp were you involved with when you started? I actually started with the Girl Scouts. And along the way, Girl Scouts didn't let their disabled riders, or disabled girls ride. And I brought that in. Then I became Special Olympics. And now I have my own organization. Dreamcatcher Stables in Houston, Texas, and our 
why, our why statement, thanks to Christy making why statements, is living life without labels. I teach people with disabilities to ride and care for horses and make them successful in high school, in grade school, in college, and in life, becoming how, a real part of the community. How big is the riding for disabled in the organization now? Is that part of uh, becoming within a bigger CHA, part yeah, within we're CHA? About 10%. So yeah. we have what's called Instructors of Riders with Disabilities program. And because I would that is say a special 10%. certification and thing. That very you, much. It so. is very special. Yeah, so. we have quite a few of us that work with um, oh, at risk youth and things yeah. like that, which kind of fall under that umbrella as well. And of course, now we have a lot of the Wounded Warrior programs, right. Horses for Heroes well, programs. That's why I mentioned like it that. because it is becoming it's becoming a bigger thing than it has been I would in the past ten years. It's becoming yeah. a bigger thing, and I, I'm one of the ones who, along with a young, uh, gentleman who is now deceased who was blind and hearing impaired, came to CHA because he wanted a safe place to do things with horses. And he actually wanted to take a pack trip, so he came to CHA for that purpose. Richard Costa. Yes. Think Uh, about him all the time. He he and I were some big pushers to make IRD happen. And I have to tell you that today, any person in CHA winds up teaching people with disabilities without even knowing it all of the time. So I'm a big fan of we don't need a separate, we need everybody to just wake up and say, hey, you want to ride a horse? And yes, there's a couple times when, no, I'm sorry, but I can't help you because. Right. And Santa actually had to turn one down this week. Somebody came that they're on a ventilator full time. Oh, that would be hard. And I said, yeah, come out, That'd see really my hard. horses, but I probably can't put Carriage you on. for that one. Right yeah. there. there you Carriage go. for that See? one. Yeah. And that I'm is a what carriage I driver, and I know that, that they use those for that. And if I ever get my own place, I want to have carriage driving. <laughs> <laughs> I've driven once in my life, uh, and I drove uh, their big pile of lumber, and I actually hung the uh, the buggy up on the pile of lumber. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that a few times, too. You're not the only one. And I drive all the time and still have that problem. No, I think that they are using carriages more and more. And they have wheel share accessible carriages, which makes it so yes, much nicer. Do. Yeah, that makes it nicer for that. Well, if, if you can engineer it, you know, you can make it happen. Right. Right. Yes, that's very, very true. Well, Santa, we so appreciate you coming on today and being part of this conference. So how many conferences in closing with you do you think you've been to now? I've probably been to less than 15 because I'm a, a, a working girl. And 15 is still a lot. <laughs> you need to sign your name. We have this big banner up, like Jen was referring to earlier. People are signing their names for all the years. So, um, yes. I'll go work on it. So that would be really, really good. <laughs> I love it. All right, Santa. Thanks, Santa. We will see Thank you Appreciate you it. Much. Thank you very much. So next up, we have Jen. And Jen Gay has many, many different things with us. She, first of all, is one of our um, state reps. And she lives in Michigan and kind of is a volunteer for that whole thing. She also is very, very That's involved. That's a CHA state rep and not a government. Correct. Rep. Oh, yeah. that is correct. Yeah, Thank we you just for want to clarify sure that. Yeah. I told you, I'm in CHA land. You're going to have to remind <laughs> me every now and then to get out of acronym land. <laughs> yes, that is true. But she also, I'm very involved in Girl Scouts. if she was a state rep, we wouldn't have her on the show. So <laughs> that's <laughs> Let's not even go there. That's right. But Jen, um, she's very involved in Girl Scouts. She's been a speaker of ours. She's speaking this year on Girl Scouts. And she also is very involved in the Time to Ride program that we talk oh, about yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, through our association, last year we're now giving out awards for those that are participating in the time to ride program she was second last year wow. through our organization bringing in hundreds of new people to the industry so 
Thanks, Jen, for being on the show today. Oh, thank you. And I'm really excited to be here. Um, so like you said, I'm, I do, I'm very involved with Girl Scouts. It's actually, um, I work full time for the Girl Scouts of Southeastern Michigan. I'm as a troop support specialist, but before I was that, I was actually their equestrian director. And like many Girl Scout councils across the U.S., we shut down our program. And so I've started my own program and my own initiative to help horse professionals understand what the Girl Scout program is and how to be able to get the Girl Scout programs into their facilities. How, how many of the Girl Scout, uh, Girl Scout programs across the, or how many Girl Scout troops across the country have horses anymore? There aren't troops specifically that would own them. Their councils would councils, own them or okay. their councils might like rent them for the season. And I don't know the exact number for that. That would be something GSUSA would probably be able to help us with. Are there still quite a few? There is a handful okay. that will still own, that still own them. I know like um, the Girl Scouts of Metal Tennessee have a huge program and it's growing great. That's really good. And you do a lot like for people, the kids can come out and they can actually do their merit badges with you and they can do all of that. Correct. Kind of yep. Yes. So the Girl Scouts have their junior horseback riding badge. So that's something that their, their girls are able to earn and still get a badge for the front of their vests. And then stuff they do like take action projects and it's finding a root cause to a problem and be able to do something in that industry and be able to help with it. And that's what I'm helping horse professionals understand how to do with Girl Scouts. So things like how to keep our waterways around our farms clean. Nice. How to keep the air around our place clean. Um, educating kids on proper care for horses and making sure that neglect's not a thing that happens anymore. I love that. So tell us, how many years now have you been involved with CHA? What is your role? What do you believe? Why are you part of us? Why are you here? Um, well, I was introduced to CHA probably when I was like nine or 10. Um, and that was at the Girl Scout camp that I was a camper at. And then I became an instructor at 18 in 2004. And then I just kept staying involved in doing it. And I became the state rep a couple years ago for Michigan. And um, it's just really exciting for me and to do a lot of this stuff and help other people understand how to teach to kids. Yes. Absolutely. Well, we are glad to have you here this week with us. Tell us a little bit more about the talk that you're going to be giving. Um, well, like I said, we're going to be talking about Girl Scouts um, and how to start um, Girl Scout programs at their facilities. So one of the things I'm going to do is introduce what journeys really are to to everyone and how to complete them and what those outcomes are. So some of the things they'll be doing is like the girls that are five to six, they need to learn how to care for an animal in comparison how they care for themselves. We teach grooming every day. So if we teach grooming, the girls can then go over to a salon, learn how to brush their own hair, and they put those two correlations together, and that's how they earn their badges. Yeah. So, and that's something that I know that, like, as a horse industry, we don't really see, and we're keeping, Girl Scouts need to have horse badges, but really, we need to show them how Girl Scouts actually relates to our horse industry. Very good. And is there an equivalent to, like, an Eagle Scout? So, like, the equivalent to an Eagle Scout would be, like, our gold award. So girls have to put in um, a lot of volunteer hours and leadership hours themselves and have a sustainable project at the end of it. Okay. So, so did, did you make it? Did you um, I did not do my gold award. Um, I had become a staff member by the time I was 17, and I was pretty, pretty Oh, that's even better. You were making that. money. So that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> so now, do you? Um, is the ranks of the Girl Scouts growing in general across the country? Um. Yeah. Across the country, I think we've plat uh, we kind of plateaued. So, yeah, and like, like the Boy a Scouts of, did too. I know a lot of everyone's yeah. hurting and that type of stuff. Our specific council, we actually are in a growth, so that's oh, very good. exciting. Good. Yeah, that's great. 
Well, you know, this is something that we don't even think about, you know, is the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. And, oh, and it's you know, huge. And it is huge. So here's yeah. the deal, Glenn. If it wasn't for Girl Scouts, I would not be sitting here. My very, very first horse experience was at a Girl Scout camp. You probably Mine don't too. know this about me. Oh, there you go. Yeah, my no, very first that. one. And I was 10-ish. And I sat on a horse for the first time. I came home. Mommy, I want a pony. Mommy, I want a pony. Mommy, I want a pony. And here I am. <laughs> So, I did that too. That you know awesome. what? My dad told 15 me. 15 years later. Yeah, you there are. you go. Exactly, Glenn. <laughs> Thank you. At 12, I was like, I want to volunteer at the Girl Scout camp. My parents said, okay, we'll drive you out there to do that. Dad said, you keep up with this and you can, you, I'll buy you your own horse. I didn't try cashing into that until I was about 26, 27. And he's like, <laughs> you have your own mortgage. You can buy your own horse. Oh. And I was like, I should have done it. I should have done it earlier. Right. <laughs> done it. So what do you ride now? That's awesome. Um, I actually, I just, I have all sorts of different horses. I started my own lesson program after the Girl Scouts had closed down our program that we had. And so I have horses that do English, Western, Western yeah. English. And do the Girl they Scouts both. learn both? We yeah. do. Yep. And so it depends on where they go. It depends on the facility, on what we want to teach them. Because it's Girl Scouts isn't about what we're doing. It's about what we talk about. And so it can Girl Scouts can go into any type of industry because we're about creating business savvy leaders, yes. finding a root cause problem and fixing it. And all industries need that. Very yes. cool. Thank you, Jen, so much Thank for you, coming Jen. on the show today. Oh, we welcome. appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you. Have a good time good at luck. the conference. Have fun. I will. Okay. Bye. Hi, everybody. This is Randy Thompson. Hi, Randy. Come in Hi, here. Everybody. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hi, Randy. I'm coming to you live on Facebook, so we're showing everybody here. This is Christy Launder from the... We're doing dual purpose We're doing here. dual right. technology. And you all know Glenn the Geek. Hi, guys. So we wanted to show what we're doing there. Facebook Hi, Live is fun, too. Mm-hmm. Do both things. Yes. So, Randy, I'm I so it. excited to have you. So, Randy is um, not only a speaker of ours this year, and she was in past years, but she is also um, a clinician for us. She just recently got certified as what we call an assistant clinic instructor. So, she is now qualified to be able to train okay. a trainer. I know where she se. lives. She is not giving lessons to anything but bears and lions, mountain lions up on top of a mountain. Bobcats. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. (laughs) You live in the Smokies, right? Yep. Yep. On top of a mountain at 3,200 feet. The reason we know that is we see your pictures, your gorgeous pictures you're always posting from your house and it's just beautiful. It's it's a gift Yeah, to be able to live there. Unless you've got to go to the grocery store and then it's two hours. Yeah, (laughs) 25 minutes to go anywhere. That's right. That's right. So Randy, what has the HA meant to you because I know you've been in the horse industry a long time. A long time. And you kind of found out about us and decided to become a part. So why is that? Well, I was involved in instructor certification for probably 30 years now, originally with the Horsemanship Safety Association. And what I found is that it makes such a profound difference for instructors to be able to have a support system. So for me, it's important because I also do, as you know, expert witness work in the legal world to be able to see what other instructors are doing and how an organization like the Certified Horsemanship Association is making such a huge difference. 50 years of training and certifying instructors, you make a difference. The world's a better place because of the CHA, and I am proud to be associated with you. Well, we are. It's an honor. Really glad to have you. So tell us a little bit about the talk that you're going to be doing here for us. Well, I'm going to go into uh, an area that scares some people. I'm going to go into risk management for the horse business. And, you know, I could have done the usual horse and rider training, but I find that as I go around the world, that most professionals in the horse world really don't know what they don't know. They don't know how to keep up on their business, up, you know, their records. They don't know about, like, the equine statutes. Everybody think protects them, right? 
there's exceptions, and these are the things that they don't know. So what I'm going to do, it's going to be a little entertaining, a little scary. So for those who are coming, I promise you won't be the same person you were when you came in. But you know, we need to know these things. Yes. Because if we don't know what we don't know, that's right. then unfortunately we might get into trouble. So that's the right. Fact that you're being brave enough to teach that and yes. to be able to share that with people, that's important. And with all of your expert witness work, you of yes. course have been on both sides. Yes. The plaintiff and the defense, I'm sure. So you've yes. kind of seen both sides of that coin. That's right. So I'm really glad you're here to do that with and us. And we've learned. We all live the fantasy with what we're doing. We're lucky to be able to do that. But we also know the reality and the reality is, is the way that we help other people is by showing them the what, steps they need to make. For you are in court a good bit, you know, doing the uh, consults and things. What, what, uh, what is the most common thing you see? As what far is, as? Yeah, you know, as far as litigation is concerned oh, in the horse world, what is the most common thing? The little things, you know, like the presentation of the release form. You know, because almost every state you've got your equine statutes that require pretty much you sign the release form. But people are throwing the release down, form down in front of people and not making sure they understand what it is. You know, for example, well, this is my release from liability form. I need you to sign it. Do you understand what this means? So then they get hurt and they go to court and they say, I didn't understand the paper. Or some, they never understood what they signed. They don't know anything. And that, that's the kind of thing that comes up. You know, that type of thing. So I would say that's a big thing. Just not knowing the little things like they think if they have a release form in the signage, they're protected. There's exceptions. Like you have to prove that you've made a suitable match with the horse and the rider. And that is one that's come up. I've been reading some court cases recently, and that's one that's been in the headlines, especially in England, that one case yes. in England where they were claiming that there wasn't a match with the, with the right. horse. Yes. Uh, I don't know how that one ever turned out, but it was, that's, there is so much to think about liability wise. And yes. you, you can, I mean, in, in one, in, in, you know, one lesson, you, you, it can change your whole world too as an that's instructor. Right. That's right. right. I'll tell you, we have yeah. a little saying, you know, green horse. So yeah. green on green, green and green. equals yep. black, Thanks black, black blue. And Kennedy. That's yeah. right. <laughs> that's and, right. you know, we've that's all been bad. around from the old ages where our grandparents <laughs> believed you get a young horse and you raise up with it, right? Yep. Absolutely. We'll how grow did, together. How did we ever survive? <laughs> yes. Wow, it's not a puppy. You know, yeah. and now <laughs> I'm like, don't do it. Whatever you do, don't do it. But you still it. hear that today right. all still the time. still do it. All the time. But it's getting less. It's just You know what? In a lot of cases, it doesn't matter what the instructor says there. They're still going to go out and do it. We've had that happen so many times. That's right. And and then, you know, it's just, it always turns out to be in a year or two, they're getting a new horse. That's right. That's right. And <laughs> some people do that. They just yeah. use one horse and then they buy another one. But the other thing I like about what the CHA has been doing and stuff is they're creating a structure and a foundation for instructors that they don't have otherwise. You know, like you've got a path with the manuals you've created for instructors, not not only just the steps to progression that people need to be safe with what they're teaching to take people to the next level, but you've got all the forms that horse people need in their business in your manual. Right. And those are worth like millions because nobody has them. But now in your manual that's on sale, it's $74, and we can get it for 35 when we're here. So I'm going to get a couple. And, you know, the releases are, are a big thing, too, because you you're, you get busy. You're waiting for your next lesson. They show up. They're new. That's in the house. You're not, I'll do that later. That's right. And you forget, and you never do it. And you see those in court all the time, I'm sure. Yes. I meant to do it. 
Yes. yes. <laughs> and it's innocent horse people who love what they do, but the reality crashes down on them when they unex- it's all unexpected mm-hmm. when it happens. That's why they're called accidents. Yeah, that is very true. And you know, we can't expect the new person coming in to know anything about what's going on, and no. they don't. And right. we can't expect them to. That's right. They, you know, they don't know what they don't know. They don't know what they don't know. Right. And that's where you make a difference with the CHA is you're giving them a step-by-step progress so they can safely take people to their next level. And that is a gift that keeps on giving. Thank you. Can I get? Uh, can I'm going to throw this in here too, Randy. You do. You do. And I've been on, honored to be one of them. Tell them about the the program that you have for for uh, leaders in the horse world. Oh, Lynn, you're not the only one that's rep. been on there. I've oh, been on there too. Yes. Just saying, oh, well, my there. friend. Right. I think I was on there I before you. Special. No, I think wait I was on there before you. Was I on before? Yes. No, no, he was there first. Oh, what? I'm sorry. So they're talking about the movers and shakers of the horse world, and both horses in the morning and the CHA with Chris are movers and shakers of the horse world where we have people and we vote on people. We have the groups that, you know, that vote on who's going to so be. So I wasn't before Christy. I want to clarify that on the I'm air. I'm going to look I'm on the s- internet and see <laughs> right after you the show. You were before Christy. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. I'm sorry, Christy. Huh. I'm going to look. <laughs> I think she was busy. Oh, uh, that's, that's a good cover. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> good cover. She doesn't want to be kicked out of the conference, I think. That's right. That's right. It's only the beginning <laughs> right, of the conference. Right, right, right. If it was right. the end, she'd be like, whatever. Now, how that's many right. times a month are you doing the radio show with the, with the horses I in the morning? I have the pleasure now? of being the co-host with Glenn once a month on this show. Oh, that's wonderful. And I really do. You know when you get reviewed for your job and they say, what part do you like the best? I say this. <laughs> Can I just do this all the time and yes. not be on the computer and not do QuickBooks? There are some days that. you could just take over for I me. That's right. Be fabulous! I would love that, Randy. Thank you for all you do for the horse world too. Thank you. We really appreciate doing because you know I've been listening to what you've been doing for years, and we've watched. I think you were around at the very beginning. Which, by the way, we were both in the uh beginning. We just passed our ninth year. We're in our tenth year now. Yeah, so we've come a long way. Yeah, people, I know how to listen now. That's the difference. Well, we were like in the beginning of social media, so whenever people were figuring it out, we had already gotten our foot kind of in the door. So we've all made all the mistakes for everybody. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. That's right. Well, Randy, thank Thank you. Thank you, Randy. So glad you're going to be here. Appreciate it. We'll see you soon. See you, everybody. So we'll continue later. I'll be sharing more from the CHA so you she's, can watch See, she's a social media guru. She does the Facebook Hi. Live, know, which we just does. did one also on our Horses in the Morning page, so you can find it there. Okay, now she needs to hashtag CHA instructors oh, and yes, hashtag CHA right. yep. 50th anniversary okay. and hashtag. Okay, just saying. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, out. Randy. Yeah. Good to see you. Right. Yeah, I don't think we've ever met in person. Actually. It's very fun. Right. So we're so excited now to have Miss Cheryl West is up. Cheryl, hello, Cheryl. <laughs> how are you? Hello, Hi, how are you? Good, fine. So Come Cheryl right in about an inch. is a um, longtime CHA clinician. She's been a member f- for many years. She is also very much a part of what we do at the regional level. She just put on a fabulous regional conference in her neck of the woods that oh, had quite a few people there. Stop! It was super fun. It was good. <laughs> where where is that neck of the woods? Uh, um, it is the Oklahoma area, Oklahoma, Texas. Oh, there's no horse people in Oklahoma. Oh, no, yeah. not at all. No. Actually, we're actually got the highest per capita rate of horses per person. Is, is it really? Yeah, isn't that yeah. interesting? Oh, you're getting official. I didn't know that. <laughs> really official. And well, of course, you know, now you have this little thing called Congress there and everything yeah, else. Yeah, NRHA, major, yeah. major shows there yeah, now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And not just Western popular. anymore, English shows yes, there. Yeah. Yes. We have several USDF bronze, silver, and gold medaled um, USDF riders in Oklahoma now. Yeah. Well, and that includes you. Yes. So brag does. about yourself a little bit. This is pretty <laughs> yeah. cool. Yes, I do have a bronze medal and it's pretty exciting, but it's 
more exciting that I can take what the dressage does and bring it to the CHA and all the people that are involved in the CHA. So yes. that's super fun. So talk to us about your talk that you're going to be doing here. Um, so we're going to work on canter and we're going to try to do some simple changes, hopefully maybe even get some flying changes, depending on how things go. And we're excited about that. So it's fun to see people use their bodies and help communicate to the horse how they want the canter to go. And a lot of times they get frustrated because the horse isn't doing what they want. And most of the time it's us. So we're going to play with that. And see if we can't get some people talking to the horses a little you bit You know, better. that's interesting because Reese and Philip do the dressage radio show for us. And one of the most asked questions they get is the, the two canter transition. So that's one of the most asked questions they get is that yes. transition mm -hmm. up and down. Yes, yeah. it is. And a lot of times <laughs> the transition, the problem is, is we just aren't being clear enough with our aids, our ability to tell the horse exactly what it is we do want. Do you think we're a little timid because we don't want too much impulsion? We don't want too much either yeah i think that is does play a fact i think that we get tight and we clamp our legs down and we stiffen up our muscles and then we uh, say go and the horse is like oh my gosh i have a predator on my back <laughs> and the I'm horse go. And the whole, <laughs> here i go yeah and either you get halt and you're off or you get super forward and then you don't know what to do all with all the energy so um, a lot of times if we just slow things down and think about what we're doing with our seat and which direction we want to go and how we want the horse to move, we can fix those kinds of problems. Now, did you bring horses? Now, obviously, this is going to be a hands-on one, I'm assuming. So yes. did you bring your own horses no. or are you still using the horses from, what from the I've college? I've heard they've brought in some really fantastic horses from one of the local colleges. Yeah, from Midway. Yeah. 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 Some from the colleges. So we get to play with them and that's going to make it really challenged because then we get to see what the issues are with the horses versus the riders who have never been together. So yeah. you get yes. all kinds of little things and holes that come out of the woodwork that you get to play with. And I'll tell on. you, to be a CHA speaker is a big deal because of a bunch of different varieties. First of all, I tell them, you can't really teach the people. They're just your props. You have 150 people in your audience you need to teach. Yes. So they have to actually teach the auditors with these riders who have never ridden these horses before, who she's never seen the horses or the riders before, and make it all happen. That's right. It's great. All at the same time. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> we love that. Yeah, and we've got to look really snazzy and professional at the same time. Yeah, so sometimes you're being videoed for DVDs that we produce. So, you know, there's no pressure. No, not <laughs> at all. There's no pressure for a CHA speaker at all. <laughs> but it's fun and it's rewarding, so we... We really enjoy it. So, so now, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Oklahoma a little bit more. Okay. Because now you're, you're obviously a dressage rider in Oklahoma, which, yes. which is not something we hear about all the time. Are you seeing more and more English riders moving to Oklahoma? Um, uh, yeah, I think there is still a lot of the Western style there, which is actually good, but I see a lot of crossover now too, where they don't just ride Western, but they ride English as well. I know well. you've seen that in the raining. A lot of rainers are doing dressage yes. now and uh, to learn and, and the yeah. other way. There's and some barrel racers too. I'm getting more barrel oh, racers, really? which is really encouraging. Well, you know, and for them, it makes sense to know flat work. Yes. I mean, I realize they run fast and that's what they do, but to know flat work makes sense for them yes. to understand the horse. Yeah. Well, yeah. and when you have a horse that is always going, if you can get them to kind of slow down and think about and what's going. do it going, under control, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> and actually know what's going to be expected, then they're not quite so frantic about it. And they actually can sit down and use their muscles and turn correctly around the barrels. One of uh, the co-host of the morning show three days a week, Jamie, is moving to Oklahoma here next year. Oh, how exciting. Yeah, she's moving to Oklahoma 
commandeer Norman. She's just going to have to come look me up. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> She's an eventer. And I, I guess there's some eventers out there. Yes, we have quite a few eventers. I actually travel and teach to all kinds. We do a lot of cowboy dressage. We, yeah. do, we have that coming up out huge there. Which huge now. Yeah. about a fast-growing sport. So we're doing that, that a lot. Western dressage, yeah. And I teach um, what's called Connected Ride, which is a type of biomechanics. And then I get to... So I get to cross over all the different sports, which is really fun because then I, it, I'm kind of ADHD, so I get a little bored. So it's fun to teach a lot of different styles of writing. That's why we love having her because she's all breed, all discipline, all the time. <laughs> yes. And all go. That's right. It's really good. <laughs> Thank you for being on today, Cheryl. We Thank so you, Cheryl. You're it. very welcome. All right. Have Thank fun. You. Thank you. Have fun this week. All right, Glenn. This person needs no introduction because she is the big boss CHA president and she's my boss so she could fire me so say nothing bad ever right now. <laughs> you know the first thing I asked her this morning is you had the board meeting yesterday you still have a job because I didn't want to do the show by myself. Uh-huh. So that's why I asked her that. Oh well yeah definitely she does have a job. Okay good. Uh, she's a uh, for life. <laughs> We're very pleased with her and we will not ever ever she will retire. And uh, yeah, be in a wheelchair still. So push her around, and uh, I'll be long gone that. by that time. <laughs> right. The uh, the uh, home office for the CHA will be at the nursing home at that point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There you go. That'll be fun. Yeah. Wow. The I'll future. be in there with you. The future is bright. Yeah, yeah we can do radio shows right That's at the right. nursing home. That's right. I think we'll that'd do, be great. Uh, wheelchair dressage. That's right. That's right. There That's you go. Right. We'll drill team. Yes. And uh, we'll I talk about. Flag. I get the flag. Yeah. Oh, what? what? We'll have Western and English wheelchairs. At, uh, this is how be better walkers. and better. Will you oh. come with us? Western and English walkers. I want us all to be yeah. on the same oh, one yes. together. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. We're, all, we're laughing. We're all going to be there. <laughs> I know. Unfortunately, uh, the way time flies, yeah. sooner than we know it. Oh, it my seems gosh. like it. So, Beth, tell us, you're in, in Bell Fountain, Ohio. Tell yes. us a little bit about your journey and how you became to be a part of this group CHA? Well, I, I still don't know why. I'm a, I'm a city kid. I grew up in the city. I loved horses. Um, off I went to camp a couple times when I was a kid, and only recently I found out that it was a great hardship for my parents to send me to Girl Scout camp for two weeks of horses. Um, and then in college, I worked at a Girl Scout camp, and I made friends with the barn director so I could ride. And then uh, then I ended up at another camp for 30-plus uh, years. And I was became the equestrian director, and who knew? And so <laughs> my director said, hey, you need to do the CHA thing. And I said, great, all my peoples. I can That's learn right. from it. You know, you work for the YMCA. There's lots of training, but none of it has to do with horses. It's all corporate and management and, you know, uh, those kinds of YMCA kind of management techniques, working in a building and pools and fitness stuff. And then uh, so CHA just fit the bill for my education and training and I learned it from all these wonderful people here who know far more than I'll ever know. And so somehow this city kid now is a president of the Certified Horsemanship Association. If you would have asked the college senior from Miami University who was going to teach um, seventh grade science that this is what she'd be doing, <laughs> I would say, you have got to be kidding me. There is no way. But here I am. And you were signing your name up here just now on this wall to a lot of these conferences. So yes. how many do you think roughly you've been to? Um. Well, I'm signing my name to two of these banners, and each banner has ten on, on a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do you like about coming to an international conference for CHA? What do you enjoy um, about it? You know, the people are so genuine, and I, we laugh a lot. I'm telling you, I'm so exhausted when I go home because I have laughed so much at the stories and at the adventures, and people get what I do, and we share the same passion. I don't have to explain it. 
I mean, you're talking about a trail ride where somebody does something weird or a horse, you know, runs off through the woods to go eat clover in the other pasture. People who don't know about horses, they sort of go, oh, that's a nice story. And But around horse people, they go, oh, yeah, and this time, this happened with this horse. And it just goes on and on. And it's a wonderful place because it's all breeds and all disciplines. We don't care your background. We just all are here for the same purpose. And I, you know, I love it. It fills my cup up for the year. Um, There's nobody that has better stories than instructors. <laughs> and, and the trail guys out on yeah, the trail. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, yes. and, you know, and it's nice because you can laugh with funny things and then you can also support for the, the heartbreak that comes with it, you know? You can be there for all of it. Yeah. So Beth is halfway through her term. So a president for us is a two-year term, but her journey has been um, not just the two years that she's going to be president. How many years have you been on our board now? Um, probably a dozen or more. Yeah. Because I was a secretary for a while. Right. And then I was a vice president, and then I was just chairman of the membership committee, and then I was... Uh, no, I've just always been something, I guess. <laughs> yes, it just goes and goes and goes. Yeah, and, you know, I do a lot of the trade show stuff. Right. I think we've been doing Equine Affair in Ohio for, uh, I know, I think Tammy and I have been doing it for almost 18 years. And then some people were ahead of us. Yes. And so that is four days of talking it's a long CHA time. to everybody and anybody. And, uh, and that really, too, I mean, at first it was tough, but now, man, I got that spiel. I just get it. <laughs> CHA trade show mode. Where, where are you guys seeing your growth coming from uh, as far as me- new members? Where is that coming from? We have a big push right now for the colleges and the universities, a big push. So a lot of their um, like graduating seniors and things like that are going to get not only their bachelor's degree, but also their certificate from us in whatever it is, either our equine facility manager or possibly our instructor program. But we also just kind of the, the independent instructor that travels from barn to barn or actually has their own facility. I think that's also a growth place for us. Yeah, what would you think, Beth? I, I agree. And also, too, there's there's people out there who have done other jobs and now they've come back because it was always horses were their first love and so now they um now they want to be certified they've joined an organization because there's education they're looking for and this is something they've always wanted to do and so now they're it's not that they're all retired but now it's the kids are all grown they're off doing something else and um so this is now it's their time i think that's so true Mm -hmm. so is there anything you want to impart to everybody about why they should be a part of us, even if maybe they're not an instructor, but they just are excited in local Kentucky area in Lexington for this weekend and they want to come down just for the day. What are some reasons they should come join us? Well, it's a great opportunity to see top-notch instructors. Um, We have so much networking going on and there's there's a a variety of topics. So anything that you're interested in, you can find somebody to talk to you about it and learn. It's a great learning experience. And again, it's, it's a lot of fun. And who, who doesn't want to be at the Kentucky Horse Park? Well, and come this afternoon because she's in charge of our annual meeting. So it's going to be a lot of uh, public speaking extravaganza this afternoon. And we're doing a really fun poll everywhere thing that if anyone hasn't ever seen that, it's pretty cool. And we're going to actually have uh, the local SCAPA voice is coming. And they're doing the both national anthems a cappella for us because we have about... Four provinces here and 35 states are here with us. Wow. This, so it's a lot. So we have to do both national anthems. That's pretty cool. Yes, we've never done that before. That's pretty cool. And I'm so glad you found those folks to sing it. Yeah, we're excited. Thank you, Beth, so much. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you, boss. Appreciate you. (laughs) I'm going to go back to signing my name now. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Beth. 
So, Glenn, okay. next up is another boss. See, I'm just doing two bosses in a row so I can get, get them, them over with. You got it. Just get them <laughs> over with. All right. So this next boss, this is uh, Dr. Bob Coleman, and he's with the University of Kentucky. And he is has a really fancy title on our board. Are you ready? Yep. The Vice President of New Initiatives. Ah, very good. Hi, Bob. <laughs> How are you? Come in a little bit closer. Don't ask me what that means because I haven't figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you love when you're on a board and they give you a title and you're going, okay, now what? <laughs> yeah, there's a story about how that happened. <laughs> so, Bob, it was a good transition when we're talking about Canada because that is your past. And now, of course, you're here in the States. You've had a variety of things during uh, your horse experience. Share with us a little bit. Um, I guess I've been bitten by the bug my whole life. Uh, but I... When I lived in Canada, I was the extension horse specialist in the province of Alberta and then went on to do a Ph.D., which actually opened the door to be able to move to Kentucky and become the extension horse specialist here. But I, I think my background has been the fun part about the horse industry is that it, well, I, I have my favorite breeds. Um, I have a lot of them, and uh, I've just always enjoyed horses and horse people. So tell us a little bit now about how you found out about CHA. How did this whole journey start for you? Um, I was recruited, I guess, to a degree by uh, board members. Um, I think might have been the gal that was the current president, who actually was from Canada, who I had actually served as her mentor for an independent study when she was an undergrad at the University of Alberta. But I was actually in Kentucky at the time. And, uh, yeah, essentially had people talking to me about it. You need to join. You need to consider this. There's a place on the board for you. Um, I said no for many years because I thought I was busy. <clears throat> and then it seemed that I wasn't as busy. Uh, and said, yeah, I'll let my name stand. And It was a weak moment. <laughs> Everybody else Good sat thing. down. He was still standing. <laughs> yeah, there might have been that. Uh, might have been that, but it was like, you know, we'll see what happens, see where it goes. And uh, so far, it's been a really educational ride. Uh, people are really cool. Uh, we have a lot of fun. Um, I really love the uh, philosophy of CHA. Uh, first off, I, I think certification in the horse industry is absolutely Do you ever critical. think we'll get to the point, like England, where it's required? I hope not. <clears throat> in some because as soon as you make it mandatory, I think you take away the, the good parts of it. Um, and I know it's mandatory in a lot of places in, in Europe, and it sort of scares me for that. But I think that um, it will become necessary from the standpoint if you want to be in the business particularly in the business of teaching people how to ride they are going to expect that you have a piece of paper on the wall uh, you know you take your car to get serviced and it hopefully gives you some feeling of comfort that the mechanic that's dealing with your you know, if it's a new pickup truck $80,000 pickup knows what they're doing and they have been trained um, I think if you're taking, and I look at it, if I'm sending my grandchild to learn how to ride, I want that piece of paper on the wall. And now I want it to say CHA certified <laughs> because 
if if I'm sending my grandchild to learn how to ride, I really want them to have a wonderful experience. I want them to get hooked in the horse industry uh, in some form or fashion. So it just makes me comfortable. I think one of the biggest challenges there, though, is the person who doesn't know what they don't know doesn't even know they need somebody that's certified. Well, that's true, and I think that gives us one of our opportunities is we need to, to tell people what they don't know, which is really hard. Right. But I think we just need to keep sort of working that philosophy. But I think the other thing that, you know, they're certified, they know what they know, they know the level that they know, and uh, it's a safe, it's an effective, and the best part is this is a group that puts fun back into the horse industry. I mean, I go to a lot of horse activities, and you don't ever see anybody smile, and heaven forbid you laugh. Uh, that's why we started the Horse Radio Network all those years ago is Correct. because every show Correct. I watch was boring. It was just boring. And that's why we started the Horse Radio Network is we wanted to have some, we wanted to show the fun side of the horse world, that there was a fun side to the horse world. And that's why it started 10 years ago is because I couldn't stand watching RFD TV and seeing one, you know, one yes. more boring thing. Well, and Glenn, was, you were so funny because when you approached us and we approached each other about doing the show once a month and I said, well, we're all about safe, effective and fun. He goes, flip that for me yeah, and you can be, be my co host. <laughs> Well, but that's true about keeping kids in, in horses, too. It's got to be fun for them. Well, it does. Yeah. And, and there's a serious part to it, but it has to be good. And that's the best part about it. I, I have made great friends across the country now. My network is even bigger. Um, if I have a question, I can go online, find out where my friends are if I don't have them in my phone or on a, a business card. And call them and say, I saw this. Explain it to me. Um, help me figure this out. How do we do something better? And it's just great. They're a lot of fun. I have a great Bob story. So here's the Bob story. So his first meeting, you <laughs> he know, just was started kind looking of concerned, actually. Well, he was like, you know, oh, great Bob story. Kind of one of these hands folded. <laughs> what is this deal? I don't really know about this deal. I finally said yes to this deal. I don't really know about that. And now, just a few years later, it hasn't been all that long. He now signs some of his emails with CHA Proud. <laughs> I like that a lot, Bob. I do. It's the Christie effect. <laughs> yeah, it is. I think it's the CHA effect. I think it just gets you. It really is. We have a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you, Bob, Thank you, Bob. so Bye. much for, for, for being on the show. We Take care. Great. You're welcome. Have a good Thank week. You. Thank you. Have a good one. Hello, Miss Laura. Sit down and join us. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Yes. So, well, thank you so much. Laura, so go much. ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're going to be one of our speakers here, and this is your very, very first time coming to our extravaganza, I'm isn't it? I'm so excited to be here. I'm coming from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and I got involved with the CHA through uh, my friend Randy Thompson, believe it or not. She said they're looking for speakers today uh, for the conference, and I thought, well, I'm going to share what I know. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. So share a little bit about your background in the horse industry with us. Okay, well, how long is the program? Because, <laughs> you know, right, we need the condensed digest. Version. Yeah, yeah. Digest. Because, you know, horse people get together with other horse people. What do they talk about? Horses. And we can talk about horses all day long. But uh, my mom was a horse person, and I started riding a long time ago, but I um, don't want to tell you how long ago. And I'm a USEF large R 
judge, hunter, jumper, hack, and equitation, and a Canadian senior judge, hunter, jumper, hack, and equitation, and steward. And so I go to horse shows, and I judge horse shows in Canada and U.S. Boy, this is just the guests we've had on this morning have showed the diversity of the CHA, hasn't it? see who I I mean, from, from Girl Scouts to, to well, dressage in Oklahoma, of all places. Pictures. I'm yeah. looking around this room right now. We have a big <clears throat> silent auction room for those that are listening and vendors and things. And I can count right yeah, now. Jennifer's over signing up for and stuff right now. discipline just looking. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's who we are. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's just so wonderful to have you well, here. Thank talk you. a little bit about the talk you're going to be doing for us. Well, later. my talk is called Top Tips Judges Expect to See in Your Students' Hunter Classes. Now, I did hear you earlier say you have to make sure you talk to the audience, right? It's about teaching the people what they, uh, the teaching the instructors, the coaches, the trainers, not necessarily giving a riding lesson. So when I got decided on the topic, I thought, well, I gotta kind of change it a little bit. And it's, this shouldn't be a secret. When you go to a horse show, the judging shouldn't be a secret. The coaches need to know what the judges want, want to see. The riders need to know what the judges want to see. So I think this is kind of a long title for what the judge is looking for. And that's what I'm going to be talking about, what the judge is looking for, and giving them people tips on how those little things can make a big difference in your performance in the ring. So it's kind of like a big door swings on little hinges, a big, huge door. When you look at it, it's going to swing on those little hinges, and those hinges are those tips, those little things that you can make every day in your riding that's going to make your performance better so you can get noticed by that judge win more ribbons and get to more championships so that's what i'm going to be talking well, about and laura we're so happy to have you because you know many of us teach the recreational rider right. who never shows but many of us teach the show rider yes. whether they're going to go to their local 4-h show or they're right. going to go to a county show and some of us even teach you know big breed show folks that are really going to like quarter horse congress and right. things like that yeah so it's so much fun to have the diversity here of you being able to talk to those instructors that want to take their students to that level yes exactly so it, exactly and these things can be for the as you say the local show the regional show the state show but they're also you know within your breed standard doing that as well yeah so it's it's it but it, it for me my motivation is to get people going and understanding what it is that the judge is looking for and sharing it so that my job as a judge is easier because I, I, I want to judge the performance of the horse. I don't want to have to eliminate people because they have the wrong tack, they don't do things properly, they don't understand what it is that they're supposed to be showing. So that's what my goal is. Well, and thank you so much for coming okay. down from yeah. Canada. We yeah. have about um, 20% of our membership right now. Nice. Of all of CHA is Canadian. And we have four provinces represented here for Perfect. the next few days. So Excellent. we're just so thrilled to have you make the journey and be well, with us. Thank you so and much. when are they going to be allowed to wear colors in the hunter ring? When are they going to allow to be wearing colors? I'm just colors? kidding. I'm just Probably kidding. Probably never, kidding. right? <laughs> no bling in the hunter ring. We are no. traditionalists. They're hunt no colors. sequins, nothing. They're, well, they're, they're hunt <laughs> colors they could wear. That's true. Oh, that, that is true. Right. That is true. Yeah. They exactly. go on the box and they go That's right. That's right. That's Thanks for difference. joining okay. us. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank right. you, Laura. Okay. Bye. All right, Miss Jen. Right. So excited. So I get to officially meet her. I'm going to shake her hand. Hello. Pleasure to meet you. To meet you. Hi, I'm Jen. So happy to be here. Hello. Hello. So it's so great to have her. She was actually recommended to me by a friend who um, kind of knows people in the industry and said, oh, this one will be good. And I said, are you sure? I'm going to make her a keynoter. 
she better be good. So no <laughs> pressure. No, now you're making me nervous, no pressure. Christy. <laughs> she's going to be one of our keynoters this afternoon. She didn't know that till now. So she's going to be running back to the room. Taking I am. Notes. Oh, I yeah. am. Great. Yeah. Well, what's so cool is she has such a cool tra- title. She says, train your business like you train your horse. Yep. So are you a horse person yep. or a business person or both? I'm a little bit of both. I've been a horse trainer for 25 years. And I got to a point, uh, I don't know, about 10 years ago, and I realized that I had been doing what I loved for so long that I got into a place where I didn't know how much longer I'd be able to do what I loved. And so kind of one of my passions right now is to help horse trainers. And quite often, you know, there's so much out there about how to teach, how to ride, you know, how to get clients. There's quite a bit out there about marketing, but there's not a lot out there about how to intentionally set up a business that'll really work oh, for you. And to pay the taxes right? and actually keep it going. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And keep it going. And I find that a lot of people end up being run by their businesses. Well, and we talked you know? about that. We joked about this a little bit earlier in the show about how horse people love horses and they don't like to do, they don't like to do housework. Yep book work or any other work other than horse work right yep. and that's true and and but and I'm so but I'm so glad that you're you're actually trying to help that because they're not going to be in business well, you know, and I, I think we are accidental entrepreneurs a lot of the time because well, true. we're not in the conventional sense, you know, an entrepreneur would go out and say, right. hey, I'm going to set up a business and I'm going to make sure it's profitable and I'm going to make sure I can do it for a long time. I'm going to do riding my lessons and yeah. then I'm going to train some horses. Right. And- but we go out there and say, I just, oh, I'm so excited. I just get to be with horses. I yep. want to do what I love. We invest in our education. Because what teenage girl coming up doesn't want to just do horses That's for a right. living? I That's mean- right. They all do. And I mean, I I want people to be able to say, I want to do horses for a living. Okay. And do it so well that they get to do it for a long time. A little bit. So, how do you take that person that really, and believe me, I've been married to one for 30 years. How do you take (laughs) that person that really doesn't care about anything that happens in the house? And I'm assuming the books most of the time happen in the house and the running operation of the business happens in the house. How do you get them to care? You get them so clear about their vision for their lives and their business, what they want, that they are willing to do some of the hard things to get there. But that still takes the time to carve out that 20% of time to do it. Well, right. Or the impetus to carve out the 20% of time. You're right. They're not going to do it. I'm not beating you up here. No, no. But this is the conversation we have to have because this is where I feel that wall go up with people because they don't want to, horse people don't want to sit in front of a computer. They don't even want to be indoors, you know. Um, But what I have found is that the clearer people get about what they really want to have happen, both in their writing careers and in their businesses. Their businesses are what are going to allow them to accomplish their goals in their writing career. The, the clearer they get about that, the more motivated that they become. It's when it's a little fuzzy and they're just going along, kind of hitting balls as they come, that they're not really willing to spend any time on the business. But if so what's they the know biggest exactly mistake what they, they make want, on the business side? Usually the biggest mistake people make is that they don't have any systems or any processes set up. So, you know, like you talked with Randy earlier about the having legal protection right. and about having clear onboarding systems for people that are sort of automated about having, you know, ways of communicating with their clients that are really clear so that there are no, no miscommunications. A lot of trainers, you know, get into the situation where they know they need more money, but they don't have any time. You know, their their schedule is maxed Which is out. Which is true of any small business. It's true of any, uh, small, any, business. any small business. And there are ways that <laughs> trainers can scale their businesses. They can use, you know, develop other aspects of their skills and talents and creativity to create alternate in- income streams. Um, they can get 
every all of the things they do in their businesses replicable and streamlined so that they can end up having more time to spend with the horses and with their riders. And this is yeah. true of any business. I mean, it's true of our mm-hmm. business. You yeah. know, the scaling and growing is, and you never have enough time to scale and grow, and you never have enough money to bring that next person on when you should. It, that's it, right. It's just the way it is in, it, with small businesses. And, and you're so right, Glenn, because that's when people come to me is when they're in that bottleneck right. that, that you talk about. It's like they're stuck because they know they maybe need to hire or they know they need more clients, but they're already maxed out. So then we look at all the different ways that they can creatively work within what they have to make that happen. And also, it's okay to ask for help. Like, where, what are all the resources available to us that most people because there are think more now than there ever have been thanks to technology. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here as a part of this organization because I, years ago, I was going to do my CHA certification probably 20 years ago. And then I actually had a, a horse die right oh, during no. the, at the, the week of the testing. And it took me out. I, I couldn't do the testing at the time. And since then, I actually never went back and did it. But I've had multiple clients and students that I have sent through the program. Um, and it's just such a, such a valuable um, way for people to go and get you know, to go test and see where the holes are in your education, you know, and then have, go and have the confidence to go and I was just talking to a woman named Hillary over here and she just did her level one certification and she's going to be going out and looking for a job. And she was saying how much confidence it gives her knowing that she's going to be looking for a job with that, that level one certification. And I did notice on your schedule that you do put a lot of emphasis on the business side of running the business. We do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we do a lot actually with um, equestrianprofessional.com too. Yep. He's here mm-hmm. locally and Lizzie yeah. McMillan. And we put this, she provides, you know, webinars and forms and things for us too. We she does a great do job a with that. that. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, it really is a whole package. Just because yeah. you're a good instructor doesn't mean you're going to have a successful business. Yeah. If you don't know how to get your people to your barn, or right? Or you don't pay your taxes. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. There's that. Yeah. Yeah. There is that too. Yeah. I mean, it's true. I mean, it's, no, it's it is way, true. a lot of people in the, in our world get in trouble when they get in trouble and they go, Oh, I should have done that. And it's too late. And yeah. So thankfully you're, you're, you're handling that. Absolutely. Well, we so appreciate you being here. We're so excited <laughs> to you. have you as a newbie and a keynoter all in the same year. All right. So Thanks so much. All right. So happy to both of you. We'll stand up and okay. cheer loudly. All right. Okay. That's right. So also any will. tomatoes at all. We'll only be cheering. That's all. <laughs> no shoes in my face. Okay. That's right. We'll be throwing Thanks, stud Jen. muffins at her in the back of the room. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Well, next up, you know how we talked about we have a whole lot of um, partners that, that we have and those kinds of things? So this is a great partner. This is Jen Eaton, and she is with the Interscholastic Equestrian Association. Oh, hi, Jen. I think we've so, talked before. Hi, Glenn. Yes. I, I think so. It's nice yeah. to join you both here this morning. Yes. So Jen wears many roles for us. Um, she's not only a vendor here today and a sponsor and provided silent auction items, but she also is on our board. So she's yet another boss. I have many of them. (laughs) So thank you so much today for being on the show, Jen. Tell us a little bit about how you found out about CHA originally. Um, Working with the IEA, I do a lot of... I do a lot of setup for our communications, um, emails and, and phone messages and letters that go out to our members. And so when CHA sort of came into our fold, I was the one that set up the um, emails that would go out to our members. I answered questions. I came to the first conference to learn a little bit more about CHA and, and what you guys have to offer. Um, we also have a need for uh, continuing education for the coaches within our organization. And so this is a... a a wonderful way for them to gain more knowledge in an area um, that's so important 
And for those that might not know, Jen, go ahead and tell them a little bit more about what IEA is. Um, the Interscholastic Equestrian Association is a nonprofit organization for riders in 6th through 12th grade who don't necessarily own their own horse. Uh, the show hosts in our organization provide both the, the show facility and the horses, and the riders draw horses that are deemed to be level appropriate by our officials. And that's what I love about the program because, boy, talk about leveling the playing field. Absolutely. If Daddy has a lot of money. It doesn't matter in this deal. No, not at all. It's 100% based on your skills because it's called luck of the draw of the horse that you get and then go out and show that exactly you can do that. Exactly. And oftentimes it's the kids who spend every lesson on a different school horse with just an excellent, excellent trainer who gives them a solid balanced base right. that they can apply to any horse. They can ride anything. Exactly. Yeah, and then that's what really makes true horsemen and women. I true. honestly yeah. feel people that just buy themselves one really, really nice horse and that's the mm-hmm. only horse they ever have are not necessarily going to get that breadth of exactly. scope that you're going to get when you do something like IEA. Yep. It, it can be a handicap yeah. to have your own horse, that one creature that you ride every day. And it's a wonderful bond, but it doesn't allow you to be flexible and yes. extend your, your uh, skills to other animals. So tell us, you've been to a couple of these conferences. What mm-hmm. do you like about our CHA conferences in comparison to other horse events that you've attended? Um, I love being surrounded by like-minded horse people. I am big into safety. You know, it's important to us that regardless of what our what our riders do and what my own personal students do, that it's done with the idea that they take their own safety first and the safety for their horse and everything else comes second, even if it means sacrificing a ribbon or sacrificing a horse show you know it's it's and wonderful people and then the lectures you can't find lectures like this you know a lot of times you go to these events and they're sort of upper level lectures or things you really can't do anything with um, immediately and here you know you can learn everything from how to safely leg yield your horse and proper ways even proper ways to mount every um Every group has a safety person in there that makes sure that stirps are checked and the mountain block makes it out of the ring at the end, you know, before the clinic starts. And, you know, things are always done on the up and up. It's, it's really nice. It's been fun for me to put these on because, you know, when I, when I come up with the speaker list and who's going to come, I literally, the world's the gamut. Mm. I could just say, so what do I feel like having today? I would like to learn more about drill riding. I'm going to go ahead and have yeah, Lisa Lombardi come. The, the nice part of drill you have so with your so membership forth. is every one of them are, are potential speakers. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, exactly. yeah I mean, that's the advantage that's you have so with great. your membership. Yes, yeah. we do. That makes and it I'll a little tell easier. you, they come and they yeah. want to speak, which is just wonderful. And yeah. so it's just That's the same way at podcasting conferences. They're all talkers. No, we don't like to yeah. talk at all, yeah, Glenn. No, no. no so we don't like it. You'd never have a shortage of people wanting to talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jen, thank you so much for being on our oh, board. Thank and you being so much for having me. And a sponsor. We just so appreciate you. Oh, well, thank you both for having Thanks, me on Jen. this morning. Thank right, you. Appreciate it. Right. Have a good one. <clears throat> So this next person, she needs no introduction. You might actually know her from kind of some past things. Okay. So Mariana Woods has been involved with us for many, many years. And one of her claims to fame is she was part of NATRAC, North American Trail Ride yeah. Conference. And she had this amazing gray gelding called Elmer, who was still competing in these 30-mile competitions until he was how old? 38. 38 years old. Yes. So wow. it's pretty awesome. So Mariana, tell us about um, your horse journey. Talk to us a little bit, but you know you only have a couple minutes, so condense. <laughs> Went to Girl Scout camp in the seventh grade and rode a horse. And uh, there's a theme. That's been a theme and a trend here there's today. There's a theme. Yeah. <laughs> and um, 
then finally got a horse after I had a job and had some money and bred Elmer and had so a you bred the thirty eight year old horse? No, I uh, I took his mommy to see his daddy and I was stuck with him for the next well, forty years forty if you years. count gestation. <laughs> you know, we often talk on the show and we ask this question a lot of our guests, what's your lifetime horse? Well, obviously your lifetime horse. Yeah. 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 Uh, truly. Yeah. <laughs> So, Mariana, tell us a little bit about your CHA journey, because that journey expands since the 70s. Am yes. I correct? Yeah, 78. All right, yeah. 78. Um, I was working at Girl Scout National Center West at 10 Sleep, Wyoming, and we did six-day pack trips and three-hour trail rides and 24-hour overnights, that kind of thing. And my uh, camp director called me up and said, um, you can go to a CHA clinic on this date or that date. And um, I had to give up a... NATRC ride to do that, and I went to the clinic and got certified. I guess I got certified as a clinic instructor, the first clinic, and um, because they needed clinic instructors. And then we did three clinics a summer at Center West um, for years. I think you're being um, a little bit too humble. I think they certified you as a clinic instructor because you can bring it. Okay. <laughs> That's what I think. I've seen her ride. Oh, my gosh. So can I just share a Marietta Woods story? All right. So we're in Orlando. Daniel Stewart is teaching. You know Daniel with his white pants. We know Daniel real well. He's out there doing his deal. She's on this little bay mare, and she's just like, just going all wild. She hits a jump a little bit inappropriately. Something happened. Don't quite know. She rolls. No big deal. Gets up. I'm good. Gets back on. Does it again. That is how Mariana Woods rolls. <laughs> Pretty phenomenal, lady. I bet you you have some stories from your pack trip days, too. <laughs> oh, yes. We have lots of pack trip stories. I bet you do. <laughs> Hardly ever snows in July. It just uh, snowed on the 2nd and 3rd and was 28 degrees when we got up on the 4th. The only time we ever had a thermometer because we went over to somebody's cow camp cabin and read the thermometer on the oh. porch. <laughs> oh, you probably had run-ins with bears and animals of all sorts. and Well... Elk, big elk calves jumping up out of the sagebrush in front of your horse Ooh, and him yeah. saying, oh, look, Oh, they elk all calves. like that, too, the horses. Well, he yeah. said, elk calves. And, um, and Elmer would point out the bear hiking up the side of the timber, and we looked at the bear, the bear looked at us. He went to graze, and I went back to bed. I don't know where the bear went. And, you know, just things like that. It's <laughs> pretty awesome. So how many of these have you been to? You were over there signing the wall. How many well, of these? I went to Summit um, um, in Michigan when we rewrote the manual. Yes. And that was pure work. Um, and I, I see I was there at 84, which was the first pack and trail clinic. And the only one I've ever been on that was supplied by motorboat. Wow. Because we were on a peninsula in the lake. So they motorboated all your supplies in? No, we packed our supplies in, but they resupplied us. So you had to pack into the conference? Well, no, I hauled Elmer down oh, there. Okay, I was going to say. Glad <laughs> the tents. It's a good, hey, that's a good idea for next that's year. That's a great idea. Yeah. We'll pack it. You all have to all pack in. State that's right. Next year. That's right. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, I'll pack into the mountains. Rocky Mountains. Yes, okay. perfect. Yeah. We got an idea. And then, <laughs> I have to beat the 50th somehow. Yeah. You know, well, that's right. <laughs> and we did the clinic. Elmer went to the clinic. And then I had a competition the following weekend, so... 
that's why he went to the clinic was because I had to haul him to the competition in Nebraska the next weekend. So, um, well, I have a great Mariana Wood story. Can I end with this story on sure, you, Mariana? Sure. So, Mariana, she'll sit in your talks, and you know, as a public speaker, you like eye contact. Mariana, there is no eye contact with Mariana. She sits there and she just is knitting all the time, and you're thinking, what is she doing? She's not paying attention to me. All right, this lady. And then after the thing's over, she'll come up to you, she'll give you the potholder, say you were a wonderful speaker, and recite your entire speech verbatim. <laughs> She was listening as she was making your potholder. I still use that potholder all the time, Marianna, and I think of you every time I use it. It Thank is so you. funny when you're doing uh, talks, and I've done a lot of them. You do pick out one person that's engaged, and you watch that person. That's yes. kind of your focal point. But then your mind just forces you to pick out the person that you think is the most bored. And then for some reason, you can't stop looking at that person going, why are they here? Right. And the whole time I'm thinking, what is she making? I know. What is she doing? <laughs> As I was hemming a skirt in psychology class, <laughs> the professor says that kids who keep their hands busy, even if they're only opening and fo- unfolding a paperclip, are paying better attention. Yes. Because, because they're not distracted. Yes. If I weren't doing something, I would be counting the holes in the styrofoam in the ceiling. Uh-huh. And I would be distracted. I agree, Marianna. I eat the fidget spinners of today and why schools allow fidget spinners. Because they want the kids' hands engaged. My sons have a couple of them, and they just allow them. We even have a theater class at school. Is where that they why I never putty. learned anything at school? But I didn't have anything have like I should have had something Glenn, like that. It would have been fine. Yes. <laughs> or doodle. Same thing, doodling. Yes. Absolutely. And those go. of us take those doodler. notes. She doodles. Yes. Yeah. It's very good. Well, Mariana, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for stopping by. And uh, I'll look forward to getting my potholder later. Okay. Yes. You better now. Now you have to. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up. You have to get real close to the mic, about an inch away. This is so exciting. So we have Gerilyn Fisher. And Gerilyn Fisher is the daughter of um, our current board secretary, Julie Fisher. She is our youngest person here at the conference. Gerilyn, hi. How are you? Good. Good, hon. How old are you? I'm 11. 11. So talk to us a little bit about horses. What is? What do you know about them? Do you ride? What's up with all that? Um, I ride a lot. I was just learning how to do writing like English and um, Western. And Which do you like better? Um, I say Western. It's a lot easier. Do you want to be a barrel racer when you grow up? No. No? <laughs> oh boy, I got a no out of that That's one, a didn't I? That and was a, a definite I am not going around those barrels. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would rather be a jumper. I think that's fun. Yeah. Oh, yes. There is yeah. something about I jumping. I see a little inventor and jumper in the uh, making here. I think so. Rolex. Yeah. We're Rolex. here in Rolex that's land. Right. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Rolex one day. No, huh, not Rolex. Land Rover. Oh, that's right. right? Sorry. Change. It changed yeah, the name. Yeah. That's right. I, I'm so, I got to like it. Used We're going to be it for the next 20 years. We are going to get, okay, sorry, Land yeah. Rover. Land Rover. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. So tell us a little bit about what you've been doing since you've been here. You've been a super helper. What have you been helping with? Um, I've been helping setting up with the tables, and I, I think that's basically it. And what are you excited about as far as being here in Kentucky and our program and seeing some things? Is What are you excited about doing this weekend? Um, I think we're going a lot of places in Kentucky, like Horse Park and everything, and I think I'm really excited about that. 
It'll be have really fun. Have you been fun. to the horse yeah. park before? I have the last time we came, but I want to go again because it's still fun. Yeah, it is fun. I mean, you can go to horse time. And everybody that goes to the horse park, and everybody listening knows, but most of them been to the horse park. And, I, and I've been there a thousand and a half times now. And I still take a picture of the sign every time I go in and post it on Facebook. Everybody does it. It's required that you take a picture of the sign and post it on Facebook to announce that you're at the horse park. It is because yeah. it's just it's iconic. <coughs> it it really is. Yeah, and it's kind of like ages. our Disneyland, Disney World. Yes, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's just like that. That's right. Disneyland was on mine. So it is our Disneyland because I'm Californian. You're yeah, Floridian. So it's right. our Disneyland and Disney World. That's right. right? That's what it exactly. is. Yep. So tell us a little bit about you live in Colorado and you live in the mountains of oh, Colorado. Wow. And you have snow already like in September at your house. Yeah. And you have really unique animals from the wild that sometimes come into your backyard. Tell us a little bit about <laughs> those. Um, there's lots of deer that come in. Uh, I don't know how many years ago there was. We have elk that play with the dogs. They'll like, they'll like attack the fence and the dogs and the dogs will bark at them and play with them. It's really funny. We also have coyotes running around that will go in the pasture and up on the hill. And Do you have a donkey like to that. protect your horses? No. No? Okay. <laughs> they protect themselves. <laughs> <laughs> how about the horses? What kind of horses do you have? Um, I don't remember. What's your what horse? Are their names? Do you have one? Um, we have Buddy... Blue, Little Bit, and Mushi. Nice. I like Mushi. I think everybody's had a Little Bit. We had a Little Bits, too. Did uh, you? Yeah, Pony. Did you have Is a Little Bit a Pony? Um, no. No? No? Okay. No. Most of them are ponies that are Little Bit. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're so excited to have you here. We're so excited to have you representing the um, Team CHA. We have a Team CHA I know. Program. She's wearing the shirt. She's she got the official, official shirt on and everything. And Team CHA is for our... Um, People that are under 15, so 15 years and under, because at 16, you be, you can become an assistant instructor with us. So 15 and under, you're part of Team CHA. They get to go into what's called a Horse Connection Rewards Program, where they add up all the hours that are around horses and books and magazines they read about them, and then we give them model horses at the end of the year and helmets and all kinds of fun stuff. So yeah. we're excited to have Team CHA represent it. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Very good. And it's not snowing here yet, so you're good. No. <laughs> right. It's so very far. different weather. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> Well, thank, thank you, you very so much, much, Geraldine, for being on the show. Appreciate okay, it. Okay, bye. <clears throat> well, if somebody wants to, and they are in the area this weekend, I know there's uh, some pony club stuff going on, too, this weekend. I don't know what yes. else is going on at the horse park. Well, Do you? Well, tell you about the pony club. The pony club is one of our sponsors, right. and they're bringing their entire board, because the board members are in town tomorrow to our... Um, thing over at the museum at the horse park and again on friday night we're having a big dessert reception where we're having some round table talks and the entire pony club board's going to come join us wow we're very and, inclusive it, what, what and they're having a show or something i think they are yeah. they're doing something at the horse park too one of their rallies plus their board oh they are okay so there's a lot of stuff going on at the horse park there we're always just, is we're i was wondering arena. what was going to be happening there this weekend is there anything at the big arena you know i don't know we yeah. can't afford the all tech yeah, just saying so we have a, to do the covered yeah, you know yeah. we are one day right all tech is in our vision <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, uh, it, you know, no matter where you go over there, it's just fun. Oh, it's beautiful everywhere. Yeah. Absolutely. It's and what's fun about the covered arena, we'll be undercover no matter what happens as far as weather goes. With two different arenas, we cut that arena in half, and then we have the club lounge. So we'll have three different talks going on simultaneously. Uh, so it's all over there. There's nothing at the hotel then? Um, only today. Yep. And then Friday, Saturday, all day over there. Oh, very good. Yeah. Cool. So it's a fun, it's a fun event. And for anybody that comes, you know, to come and be an auditor is not very expensive. Again, you do not have to be an instructor. Just somebody who just enjoys horses no, is it, interested. Just go over real quick a couple like the sessions yeah, tomorrow right, to give absolutely. them an idea of what, what they are. Quite a few different <coughs> things. So we have biomechanics and riding. 
We have drill patterns, like I mentioned. I'm excited about that one. I want to learn how to do more of that. We have um, the off-the-track thoroughbred talk coming. New Vocations and Makers Mark Secretariat Center is coming at noon tomorrow. Because, you know, a lot of people, they don't know exactly what to do with the off-the-track thoroughbred. And should they make it a school horse? How can that happen? So we're excited about that one. Is that Susanna coming that by? Is. She's been on our yes. show many times. Absolutely. Yep. Susanna and then Melissa King. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so the two of them are coming. So we're thrilled. Um, we have Lou Sterrett coming. He does Sermon on the Mount. He's a longtime CHA member. So he's coming, and so we're thrilled to have him. Is he doing a sermon? Um, you know, he's going to do five essentials for a life of leadership, ah. is what he's doing. So we're excited about that one. Um, American Farriers Association, we're very aligned with them because no hoof, no horse. Not a good farrier, maybe not a good potential outcome. Not a good instructor, maybe not a good potential outcome. So we do a lot together. So they're bringing over a certified farrier named Dusty Franklin, who's going to be talking to us about barefoot trimming versus shoeing and all that. Okay. So lots of diversity, and that's all just tomorrow. And then on Saturday, um, again, many, many different things. From uh, the Saddle Fit, we have um, Karen Jackson coming from Schleze Saddlery and Saddle Fit for Life. She's going to be talking about that because, boy, that can be a whole day talk, and she's going to cram it all into an hour and 15. Um, we have Engaging the Rider's Corps to Engage the Horse's Corps, which is true. And wouldn't, wouldn't Sit-ups for like, everybody. We want a six-pack, <laughs> right? We all want a six-pack. Western Dressage, of course, that we talk about. And I love this one. Adding horseback archery to your riding program. And why not? Oh, oh, oh. That is becoming so big right now. Yes. Archery is huge right Thrilled now. Thrilled about we it. We just had uh, uh, Lisa Kelly with us, who's Ice Road Trucker Lisa Kelly. Yes. From the TV show. Yes. She stayed with us for a couple days, and I noticed she went back, and she's starting a whole archery program in Alaska. So uh, mounted archery up there. Yeah, yeah. they're all good. There's, there's a, so many of our listeners get into yeah. mounted archery. I want to try right it. I've never tried it. I would love it's to really just cool. give it a try. Because you know, I hear you kind of go down a chute, so you kind of tie your horse's rein so your hands yep. are free, and you go into your little That's a, That's after you've learned not to shoot yourself in the foot and your horse in oh, the Oh, well, head. yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I'm just going to jump right to that level. <laughs> you know, why not just you try? you got a little ways to yeah. go oh, before Chris, Chris, Christy has to start out with the Nerf arrow. But fair enough. Can I do the Nerf arrow at the dead run, though? Yes. Okay, fine. As long you as can. I can do it at the run, then I am on it. All right. Yeah. I want good. the Nerf arrows. I want to do that. <laughs> Jen. <laughs> that would be good. And then I just want to end with on Saturday night, this is pretty special. We do a school horse of the year, instructor of the year, um, volunteer of the year, and we have a big awards banquet here. And we're actually having the school horse of the year be turned into a model horse by Stone Company, by oh, Peter wow. Stone. Cool. So Peter and Elaine Stone actually turn our model horse. And he does everything on the horse from the markings on the face to the white socks to if it's an Appaloosa, every spot he loves when an Appaloosa wins. <laughs> every spot has to be right. Oh my. But he even puts the brand of the horse on the horse and he puts our CHA logo on its hip oh, too. Oh, neat. So it's such a cool thing. So for people that have school horses, what a way to immortalize them. That's neat. Because they truly are the life blood of what we do very cool yeah i always say socks my paint that ain't my breeding stock black paint yeah. teaches better than i do because i can yeah. tell by the way he flicks his ear this is not working exactly yeah uh -huh. all the horse tells you exactly what oh, the rider's happy with sure. this right now so good so good yeah and then on sunday we go over to midway university and we shoot youtube videos so it never ends it just goes and goes and goes but it's really fun 
And where can people find out about it? Please go to CHA.horse. And that is truly not .com, not .org, CHA.horse. And you can find out a lot more so about it. So much easier to type. Isn't it yeah. great? Your, yes. your last one I never got. It I, was too long. Yeah, I Googled yeah, you every was, time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I could never get yeah. to it. <laughs> or you can go CHAinstructors.com too. That's a lot of letters though. It, it is. is. There's a lot of room for error. CHA.horse. And then it looks easy. like chain instructors yeah, when it's spelled yeah, out. Yeah, everyone gets confused. So good old CHA.horse is the way to go. And we will be doing a best of show for you tomorrow. Right. We'll be back live on Monday morning. Jamie should be back. Uh, she, I noticed she did her fox hunting in Ireland yesterday. Oh, I cannot wait to so, hear about I that. I saw a bunch of pictures, so I'm sure oh. we'll be hearing about that So and all our other adventures over there in Ireland. So but fun. Uh, we'll be doing that on Monday. So join us. Uh, we'll be not live tomorrow, but back live on Monday morning. But we'll, this show, of course, uh, is available on horsesinthemorning.com. All the past CHA episodes you can find on Horses in the Morning. Just search for CHA or Certified Horsemanship Association on our website and you'll find them there. Thank you very much, Christy. Thank you, Glenn and Jen. All right. Bye. Have fun at the conference. Thank you.